Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we're continuing our discussion of knowing the hope to which God has called us. We began last week to look at a prayer that Paul prayed for Christians in Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 16 down to the end of the chapter. Paul prayed that Christians would have insight in three specific areas as they get to know God better and better because he knew if we understand these three things, we'll be able to deal with whatever life brings to us, whatever life throws our way. And the first thing he prayed for them was they would know the hope of God's calling or the hope his calling gives. And we're going to work on that for several weeks here, knowing the hope to which God has called us. And we've been hammering on the fact that God in eternity past chose us to become his sons and daughters through faith in Christ. And then he calls us to that purpose. That's what the gospel is all about. The good news. Come to the Lord. Become his son or daughter through faith in Christ and step into the purpose for which you were created. Salvation begins a process of transformation that makes us holy, righteous sons and daughters of God, like Jesus in character and power, holiness and love. And yesterday we were looking at a companion verse to what God says in Ephesians in Romans. In Romans chapter 8, Verse 29, God said, for whom God did foreknow, that would be us, he did also predestinate or decide beforehand to be conformed to the image of his son. Before God ever made the earth, he decided, he chose us to become his sons and daughters through faith in Christ, and he chose us to become like Jesus in character and power. And then verse 30 goes on to say how he does it. He calls us, he justifies us, and he glorifies us. Now, we'll get to what it means that he justifies us and glorifies us in upcoming lessons. But for right now, we're working on the call. He called us. He invites us. That word call means to invite to a banquet. We said last week, you may have been a surprise, or yesterday, I'm sorry, we said this yesterday. You may have been a surprise or a mistake to your parents, but God knew you and chose you before he made this earth. If you know that, if you know you're part of something bigger than yourself, something bigger than this life, it gives you hope. See, God wants you in his family, and he's called you or invited you to it. And the Apostle Paul, who was personally taught by Jesus, the gospel that he preached, he wanted Christians to know that they're part of something bigger than this life, because this perspective helps us in the midst of life's struggles. If you know that your past is filled with promise and potential, and, and we've talked about how your past, your history with God began when you were, before God ever formed the earth. He knew about you and chose you. He knew what you'd be like and he chose you anyway. And he, when he made Adam, God made a son and a race of sons in Adam. You and I were in Adam when God created Adam. Potentially we were in him. We didn't exist yet. 
Adam had to have a kid who had 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 us. We were in him potentially. If the line from which we're descended was destroyed anywhere along the line, you and I wouldn't be here. We did not exist until the moment of conception in our mother's womb. But in the mind of God, he knew about us and he chose us. We have a, pr- a past that precedes our first sin. God knew us in eternity past and chose us. And the potential is there for us to become sons and daughters through faith in Christ, beginning a process of transformation that makes us holy and blameless in his sight. Therefore, your future includes the realization of the potential and promise God had for you before he ever formed the earth. Knowledge of that will help you deal with whatever comes your way in this present life. Now, we left off here, and I want to pick up. Um, You need to understand, this world is not as it should be, or as God intended, because of sin. Adam's sin unleashed a curse of corruption and death in both the human race. We could do whole lessons on this. Um, Life in a sin-cursed earth is filled with challenges, struggles, and frustration. They don't come from God. It's part of the nature of life in a sin-damaged world. But because people don't understand this, they sometimes struggle with how could a loving God let life be so difficult? How could he allow so much suffering? Now, like I say, we could do an entire series on this subject, but consider several thoughts. God gave mankind free will. With free will comes not only the choices people make, but the consequences of those choices. And we must daily deal with choices and their consequences, going all the way back to Adam. Why did a tornado roar through town? Because great-great-granddaddy Adam sinned and unleashed a curse of corruption in the earth, according to Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, and Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Uh, and Romans 8, verse 20. I've got several books uh, about why bad things happen and what God is doing. Uh, we'll be happy to send you a copy if you contact us. It goes into all this in great detail. Now, let me make one point clear. I'm not saying that your present trouble is caused by your sin. It may be, but probably not. Your present trouble is due to the fact that you live in a world that has been damaged by sin and its effect, and its effects making life difficult. Why did your car not start? Because that's life in a, a sin-cursed earth. Why are taxes so high? Because government officials made decisions that affect our lives. We didn't really have an input into it, but we got to live with it. Now, when Jesus comes again, At his second coming, he's going to restore the earth to a fit forever home for God and his family. We discussed last week, God made the earth to be home for himself and his family, but it's been damaged by sin. When Jesus comes again in the not-too-distant future, he will restore the earth to what God always intended it to be. He'll remove the curse of sin, corruption, and death that has so polluted it. But right now, God's primary purpose is not to fix up the pig pen. Our commission as Christians is not to make this world a better place. I'm not saying 
you know, I'm not saying it's wrong to bloom where you're planted. Yes, by all means, bloom where you're planted. But even if we set up a wonderful society, we can't get to the root cause. The root cause of the world's problems are spiritual. There's a curse of sin, corruption, and death in the earth, and only God can remove that, and he will do it when he comes again. God's primary purpose now is not to fix up the pig pen of this earth but rather to draw men's hearts back to him so he can begin the process of conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ or making us into sons and daughters like Jesus. Now, we get insight into this from the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son that we referred to earlier in Luke 15. The son made a free will choice that landed him in the pig pen. He took his inheritance left home and spent his money on wild, sinful living and ended up living in a pig pen. Now, when you read the parable, I don't have time to read it, but it's the second half of Luke chapter 15. Although the prodigal's father loved him and was eagerly awaiting his return to home, the father didn't follow after him and fix up the pig pen. The father's goal was not to make life pleasant in the pig pen. The father's goal was to get his son to come back home. God's number one goal is not to fix up the pig pen of this earth. His number one goal is that we come back to him through faith in Christ. Although the father, the prodigal's father, didn't orchestrate the conditions in the pig pen, they actually played in, into his purpose to have the son come home because it was the harsh realities of life in the pigsty separated from his father that woke the son up and brought him back home. The father didn't cause the mess in the pig pen, but the mess in the pig pen woke the son up to his need for his father and his need to come home. It brought him to a point of repentance. God is not behind the harsh realities of life in a fallen world, but he uses the realities of life in the pig pen to further his purposes to gather his lost family. The Bible is filled with examples of people who made poor choices, even sinful choices, choices of which God did not approve, in which he had no hand, yet he was able to use those choices and cause them to serve his purposes. The story of Joseph is, is a prime example. His brothers were jealous of him and sold him into slavery. He ended up as a slave in Egypt, but through a series of events whole can of worms for another day, he ended up second in command in Egypt, second only to the king, Pharaoh. Joseph was in charge of a food preparation and storage program that fed the nation of Egypt and surrounding nations during a time of great famine. He was reunited with his family, all was made right. But here's the deal. Here's the point for right now. I just read Romans 8:29 that God chose us before he formed the earth and planned that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and then he makes us like Jesus by calling us, justifying us and glorifying us. That's Romans 8:29 and 8:30. Well, you know what uh, Romans 8:28 is, the verse just before and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purposes. Paul wrote that verse, and he begins this passage about being made like Jesus through being called, justified, and glorified. He begins it with Romans 8.28. Well, Romans 8.28 
is actually first found in Genesis 50:20 at the end of Joseph's story. After he's been exalted to a high position, been reunited with his families, they've repented before him and all's been made right, he tells them, this is the Romans 8.28 of the Old Testament, you guys meant this for evil, but God worked it for good. Well, Paul knew that verse and he quotes it here. God's promise to those who are called or invited to become his son or daughter, those who are called into his purpose of sonship, is that he is so great he can cause everything to work for ultimate good. This is a tremendous promise for those of us who live in a sin-damaged world. Current preaching always often gives the impression, false impression, that God's number one goal is to make our present life happy and prosperous. Of course he wants you to live the best life possible, but our best days are ahead after this life. We'll pick it up right here tomorrow. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, Knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is one 739 66 19.